Today, an average person breathes very fast, and this frequent breathing shortens their life. Every person is given a certain amount of breaths from their very birth. If one controls prana through right thinking, and overcoming stress is done in a yogic way rather than through some chemical means, then one lives long and becomes able to make their life more perfect. Our body is a temple, a temple of the Higher Presence. It is what we bear all the time and what we are in at all times. Kriya is the action of the Yoga of the High Path, which enables one to understand this cosmic law. There are three important aspects through which the average person lives. The first is a well-known and rather enjoyable one, the food. The second one is water. The third is breathing. A person can live for days without food. He can also live for long enough without water, but no more than 30 to 40 days, depending on his condition. But the average person is 3 to 5 to 7 days, that's the extreme limit for some people. And without breathing, the average person cannot live even a minute. A moment or a minute and a half, and then he starts suffocating. This shows that breathing has the most powerful effect on our consciousness and the human body. That's why breathing is the most versatile way of transformation. And when we study breathing meditation, we control so many functions from the mind to all the other parts of the body. Because the breath is connected with absolutely all the elements of the body. The breath is directly connected to prana. How are breathing and prana connected? The thing is, if we breathe oxygen and think we are dependent on it, then we lose everything else. When one studies breathing meditation, at first they understand the concept theoretically. After a while, they start worrying as they turn out not to be dependent on oxygen at all. They are dependent on prana, the life force, to some extent. If you think of a balloon, oxygen is the walls of the balloon and the contents of the balloon are prana. That's the concept. When we study the breath, we study our body. By obtaining knowledge of the body, we take control of what is called the mind, or what is called prana, much more easily. Proper breathing is a way to be healthy. Breathing from the chest draws an enormous amount of power out of a person, whether a male or a female. They don't get enough energy. Why? Because their diaphragm doesn't function. When descending energy travels downward, the diaphragm must bring it lower to the abdomen. At this point, the belly should be pushed outward. This is proper inhalation. When we breathe out, we contract the abdominal muscles and pull the belly in. Thus, the apana, descending flow, connects with the ascending flow, and one receives sufficient elements of astral significance. 
Or these elements transformed into micro-elements form the body, support and nourish it. Because we get everything from space. Breathing is responsible for it. If we want to learn about the world, we must learn about our body through proper breathing. As a minimum, proper breathing brings health. But if one is practicing yoga, then one needs to understand that proper breathing results in proper circulation of energy. Body perception, it is soothing, and allows one to direct energy and attention to any part of the body and regenerate it. The 42 Kriyas, energizing exercises, offer a lot of interesting forms of breathing that we use. We use attention as well. Pranayama therefore begins by teaching a person how to breathe properly. But pranayama is not just a breathing function. People erroneously assume that pranayamas are about breathing. However, breathing is just one element of pranayama. Pranayama is the ability to control the cosmic power. Pranayama is the ability to control the life force, prana. Pranayama is the ability to control energy channels all the way down to the physical plane. This is what real pranayama is about. Prana is the thought to be prana and yama is about control or retention. Yes, you can view it that way, but I usually consider it otherwise. There is another option, it is pran and ayama. I have mentioned it many times already, where pran is prana and ayama is the perceptual capacity of these energies and their qualities. So those pranayamas that we talk about in Kriya Yoga are more like stopping the breath and holding, transforming and perceiving the life force of prana or cosmic energy rather than just breathing. We breathe anyway. A person breathes in and out 21,600 times a day. If a person breathes like that, they die quickly, at the age of 60, 70, 80, with the workload taken into account. Today, an average person breathes very fast, and this frequent breathing shortens their life. We never get to the age of 100 that everyone dreams about. If a person breathes less, though not on purpose, and their physiology has changed, then such a person lives longer, because their prana is not dissipated. Rapid breathing is prana dissipation. Every person is given a certain amount of breaths from their very birth. If one controls prana through proper thinking, proper nutrition, and overcoming stress in a yogic way rather than some chemical way, then one lives long and becomes capable of making their life more perfect. That's why you need to be taught such a discipline as breathing. The human body is very holistic. If we breathe properly, it enables a person to acquire very good, stable states of consciousness in that body. And the body will then be healthy too. It is an extension of life, at the very least. It is an increase in power, an influx of vitality, a direction towards creativity. The breath takes part in all of this. Most importantly, stopping breathing is the way to immortality. As the mind calms down, the breath calms down. As the breath calms down, the mind calms down. These are all elements of pranayama. There is only one element in this space, and that is the Absolute. Everything we see in this space is its manifestation. 
This is how the law is expressed. If people study the Vedas or cosmic law, the Vedas are not a religion, so you understand. They are cosmic law. Kriya is an action towards achieving unity with this cosmic law. Vedic knowledge is directly embedded in Kriya itself. That is why I say that Kriya is not Kriya Yoga. There is Prana Yoga, there is Laya Yoga, there are some other kinds of Yoga. No. Kriya is the action of the High Path Yoga, which enables one to understand the cosmic law. And so, understanding all this, we know that there is an Absolute who created all this. That's what scientists are currently discussing. How can we possibly know Him? How can we get closer to that happiness? Everyone dreams of being happy. We can do this through understanding that the Absolute is sound and light. And so we have sound meditation, the primordial sound that holds all the creation together, including our bodies and us, people in general, the world and the worlds. This is what the sound does. It is known as Aum or Om. In religions it is Amen, Omen and so on. So when we understand what that original sound is, of course, we meditate on it. Meditation on sound is the most important type of meditation in all systems, whatever they are. You'll have to face this vibration in any case. To attain Self-Realization, you'll have to enter this sound. This sound must vibrate within us, we must hear it. We have to know it because this vibration is of a high frequency, the highest frequency. This is the Absolute Himself, the Creator Himself. If we strive for this unity, we come to know the Creator Himself through sound and light. This is what I am talking about. Again, this is not a religious path. This is a spiritual practice, a practice of transformation. So here we use meditation on sound. We enter the spiritual experience of unity with this highest vibration and our consciousness transforms. Our body transforms as well, because consciousness changes at the cellular level. The Masters have spoken about this in various ways, but all of them say the same thing. It takes a persistent practice of meditating on sound so that we hear the sound, then accept it, and then become it. And here, Kriya Siddh Patanjali said, I am both amused and saddened to see people singing Om. You don't have to sing it, he said. You have to hear it. You have to listen to it, and you have to become it. And the person who meditates on the sound becomes that sound, and then receives liberation. Such a person is called Jivanmukti or Jivanmukta. It is a person who has received liberation through unity with the Creator, who has expressed himself as the cosmic, eternal, unchanging, vibrating Creator in the form of the Aum sound in which absolutely everything is present, as it is the foundation for all worlds. 
In Indian music, in ragas, there is a fundamental main sound around which the whole raga is constructed, called shruti. This sound is the primordial sound. So it is a reference to the primordial sound, the sound of the Creator, the sound of the One who created all the worlds. He is vibrating in it. Meditating on the sound is not that easy to do. It requires perseverance and maybe it is partly fleeting at first. Then it goes away, it vanishes, but then one understands what the practice is for. Or one simply realizes that it is very important, persists and becomes wise along the way. Because the very structure of the body is so arranged that when you meditate on the sound, you become wise because of the special position of the body and the concentration of the body. Concentration on the body, on the centers, concentration in general and persistent practice of this meditation is an inner work. One first begins to hear some external sounds, that is, the sounds of this body, this consciousness, figuratively speaking, on the physical plane. Then he immerses himself on the etheric level, he enters the etheric part, in which he begins to hear a more subtle sound of spatial vibration, energy sounds. We could say this, the sound of energy from a more subtle plane. Our body is also energy, only it is materially expressed energy. There is a more subtle one. In a while one starts to hear the astral sound. There are eight miraculous sounds in yoga, so to speak, which are given in yoga textbooks, in Raja Yoga, where one can generally hear a particular sound. It could be the buzzing of a bee, it could be a bell, a drum, lightning, a certain background, chiming bells, and so on. Perhaps the splash of water, the crackle of a fire. There are sounds beyond comprehension. Why does a person say it is a bee buzzing? He has heard this buzzing from a bee before, and it reminds him of something. Then he says it's like bees flying, but in reality it's astral sounding. We try to avoid applying any stereotypes to it all, any labels. We just perceive these sounds because every sound, every nuance, Every tambur carries knowledge of the space of the astral plane, the physical plane, the etheric plane, and the higher planes. There comes a moment when one goes deeper and deeper into an infinite vibrational something from where one gains knowledge. This technique allows one to become wise, at least because gaining vibration along the way provides insight into the planes with which we interact. That's the beauty of it all. And, of course, there comes a time when it will have to vanish into a void that contains nothing, forms nothing, a so-called all-encompassing, but void. And there, deep down, it meets that primordial which is the foundation. I have now revealed a little bit of the sacred knowledge of Kriya Yoga that we learn at the seminar. Why don't people have an immediate response to a request? Why are people unable to get an answer to their requests made to the high? They lack the strength of concentration that is needed to make it happen quickly. 
When we meditate on the sound, we increase the power of concentration, because consciousness changes and the distance between the high and us, between the Creator and us, is reduced. It's a very short period of time. Now about the meditation on light. It is almost exactly the same as sound, only here we perceive the second aspect of the Absolute to be light, a vibration in the form of light. We imbue ourselves with this light. In Kriya, we have a notion of meditation on light that is known as Amrit Kriya. Amrit Kriya is about getting the highest kind of nectar in the form of vibration of light, which transforms the consciousness of every cell. We practice meditation on light to see it as the brightest radiance of unconditional love, as the most powerful vibrational sound of this unconditional love. This is the meditation on sound. And then it merges into one, and the person starts to see when talking to him and hear when talking to Him. Most importantly, He realizes what is given to Him by the Holy Spirit, or transcendental power, or what is called Adi Shakti, the primary perfect and self-aware energy.